All right, church, before we dive into the word together this morning, would you still yourself uh, and pray? There's lots that's happened even in our city in the past week. If you've been following what's happening on the news with Leon Avenue, uh, perhaps you've uh, seen other things, heard other things going on. Let's lift these things up to the Lord. Our friends at Kelowna Gospel Mission lost a staff member this week who passed away. So really crazy time for them as a mission in our city, and then they lose a staff member. So there's lots to pray for. Maybe you know stuff. I'm sure you do in your story, in your life. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we worship you. We give you praise. You're a good, good Father. And we come to this moment choosing your hope from an eternal perspective, knowing that, uh, that you are ultimately good. And sometimes we can be confused by that here in this time that we have. So, God, we pray your blessing on Kelowna Gospel Mission, on the people, the leaders of our city, the churches that are trying to respond in different ways to the needs of of homelessness. God, we pray for breakthrough. We pray for unity. We pray for clarity in Jesus' name. God, we pray for those who serve you on the front lines in many different ways, uh, uh, in work, in school, in organizations across the city, around the world. We pray that you would give them strength and courage for this season and bless them. Lord, we need you. Speak to us now through your word. Inspire us for all that you have in mind for us this week, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. May the 14th, 1796, was a big day. And if you know what happened that day, nobody was around. So, uh, in those days, smallpox was the scourge of the world. In the 1700s, 400,000 people a year died in Europe alone because of smallpox. The disease killed 30% of those it infected and left blind and pockmarked many others. In the 18th century, one in every 317 Europeans died because of smallpox. And then along came a pastor's son named Edward Jenner. He was apprenticed to a doctor at the age of 13, and Edward began to study inoculation. And the popular belief of the day was that dairy maids, these young women who would milk cows every day, had this interesting immunization to smallpox because they, they would con contract quite often a, a less severe disease called cowpox. And so, and when Edward learned that a little young dairy maid named Sarah Nelms had fresh cowpox, he was thrilled. And he withdrew some pus from Sarah's cowpox lesions. Uh-huh. And then he grabbed an eight-year-old boy named James Phipps, presumably without having a waiver signed, <laughs> and inoculated him with Sarah's pus. And now that you're sufficiently disgusted, you should know that that moment on May the 14th, 1796, turned the tide on smallpox. James Phipps lived never to get smallpox. Jenner published his findings, called this new thing that he discovered vaccination. 
Vaxa is the Latin word for cow. And vaccinia was the Latin word for cowpox. So eventually, vaccination spread all the way to you, didn't it? Here's the thing. I'm pretty sure James Phipps, just living the everyday TikTok life of an eight-year-old boy, had no idea he was making history. Much of life is everyday, everyday tedium for the most part. Do you feel that? Do you know it? Pastor Marcus had us pondering the everyday stuff of life last week that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And everyday life just tick-tocks by, doesn't it? Sometimes leaving us fragmented and unfocused, even bored. Everyday life can be drudgery, ordinary, even profoundly shallow. My oldest son called me after he had begun his, his post-school work life, and he said, Dad, I get up, I eat, I work, I eat, I go to sleep, I come home, I do it all over again. Is this what the rest of life looks like? And well, in some ways, the laugh says, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's kind of what it starts to look like. And there's a rhythm to life, a rhythm to time, to being alive. And some of it just tick-tocks by, doesn't it? Just tick-tocks. Do we despise and dismiss the ordinary, the boring? It's easy to fervently seek the next thing, isn't it? The next buy, the next amusement, the next experience that will pull us out of the everyday drudgery. Usually, usually this proves rather empty or fleeting even at best. The highs wane and we come crashing back to normal, only to end up needing another escape. And before you know it, another five years is gone. And you can't get them back. And I wonder, I wonder, do we have it all backwards? Oswald Chambers wrote in his wonderful devotion, My Utmost for His Highest, these words, Drudgery is one of the finest tests to determine the genuineness of our character. The everyday is the test. We are revealed in the everyday, the small, boring, unseen rhythms of living. Chambers continues, and he writes this, Beware of allowing yourself to think that the shallow aspects of life are not ordained by God. They are ordained by him equally as much as the profound. Beware of, being, uh, beware of posing as a profound person. God became a baby. Read that last line again. Beware of posing as a profound person. God became a baby. Ah, there it is. God became a baby. How cute, how risky, and how absolutely normal. We are repeatedly tempted in our culture to our 15 minutes of fame. Pose as a profound person on social media, hide the shallows, escape the drudgery, pretend we're anything but normal, yet God became a baby and pooped in first century diapers. 
This is the first Sunday of Advent. This waiting toward the hope of God entering time. This is a seasoned, calendared, 24-day reenactment of the long, drudgingly, agonizingly long expectation of a time when our human desire for the big moment would be realized. And when it did, that big moment, it happened so normally. It became, God became so normal, so James Phipps, so easy to miss, so easy to dismiss as just the same as every other day. Except that now we know it's not. There are too many, there are two primary ways that the New Testament talks about time. The first is seen in Galatians chapter 4. These are the words. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son. Now, time here is the Greek word chronos, a succession of moments, the counting of seconds, minutes, hours, and every days. That's chronos. Chronos was the Greek god of time. Uh, you know the movie The Incredibles? In the, yeah, there's, the kids are at it. Did you hear that? It's awesome. Did you hear? Oh, there's my alarm. Stink. Okay. Sorry. Uh, yes. <laughs> kids, you know, or do, do any of you know the movie The Incredibles? So the, the, the evil character in The Incredibles, his name is Syndrome, and when he wants to hatch a, a wicked plan to obliterate the superheroes, what is his operation called? Operation Kronos. Chronology finds its root here in this word, chronos. Paul uses the word intentionally in Galatians chapter 4. When chronology was full, when the everyday had tick-tocked long enough, God sent his son. The everyday is our normal, but Paul points to an invasion of chronology by something else, by another kind of time which we see if we move back in our scriptures to Acts chapter 1, verses 6 to 7. So if you have your scriptures, you can turn there. They'll also be up top there if you prefer to crane your neck, upwards instead of downwards. Okay, Acts chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. Then they gathered around him. So this is the disciples after the resurrection. Jesus is about to ascend back to the Father. And they gathered around him and they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. So the disciples are asking, surely this is now the time when we're going to make Israel great again. And this has to be the chronological moment we've been waiting for, isn't it? That's the word there, chronos. And Jesus reveals that time is more complex than that. It's not for you to know the times, that's chronos in there, or the dates, which is a different word, kairos, that the Father has set. Now, what did he just do? He says that really your everyday tick-tock is appointed by God the Father. Drudgery, therefore, is not without purpose. But there is another time altogether, kairos. Kairos is the opportune time, the right moment, the favorable time, the time when the alarm sounds. And so the first hearers of this would have heard something that sounded like this. 
It is not for you to know the chronos or the kairos that the Father has set by his own authority. Now, did you set an alarm clock last night? How many of you woke up to an alarm clock? Others of you just like popped awake because something happened. Did it startle you? Did you hit it back? Did you hit that thing? Did you wish you could have? Now, what's the difference? Just think about this. What's the difference between the second before the alarm sounds and the second it goes off? Functionally, there's nothing different, is there? The only difference is an invasion, an inbreaking, an opportune moment that has arrived. And so if you set your alarm last night to go to bed, you purposefully plan to kairos yourself. Okay? Ding, 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 ding. You shifted, you shifted 6 a.m. from Kronos to Kairos. Do you get it? That's what you did. Okay? There is Kronos and there is Kairos. There is a time that the clock tick-tocks and there are dates with destiny. Days of infamy, as U.S. President Roosevelt described December 7th, 1941, which was what? Pearl Harbor. Hours that change things when James Phipps is on his merry, everyday, eight-year-old way and gets pulled aside by a young doctor. And so Jesus is saying that chronology is part of God's plan, and so is kairos, alarm clocks that wake you up. This is what Paul's summarizing in Galatians chapter 4. In chronology, an alarm sounded for the cosmos and that Kairos moment was a baby. But the baby grew up. Jesus begins his ministry in Mark chapter 1 with these words. The time has come. The kingdom of God has near, is near. Repent and believe the good news. Now guess what time that's being talked about there? Is it Kronos or Kairos? Pull the room. What do you think? Kairos. That word there is kairos. The alarm is sounding. The opportune time has come. God's kingdom has drawn near. Repent. Turn. Put your trust in this good news. And who is this alarm? And who is this good news? Jesus centers it in himself. This is precisely what the rest of the Bible points forward to or back to. Ephesians chapter 1. If you have your scriptures, turn there as well. Crane your neck down this time because it won't all be up there. Oh, maybe it will. Hallelujah. Thank you, guys. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world, before there was time to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship, to daughtership through Jesus Christ in order that his in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us, with all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the 
times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. This is a profound passage which deserves its entire own unpacking. But the, the, the summarize, in Jesus, humanity has now access to every spiritual blessing in heaven. All of God's holy goodness comes from eternity into time to those who awake to Jesus, the Kairos. That's good news. Through Jesus, we who are spiritual orphans, unsure of our worth, discover that we are chosen as adopted children even before there was time. Through Jesus' birth, death, resurrection, and ascension, we have the forgiveness of sins and are set free from sin's power by God's grace. And through Jesus, we step into God's purpose and plan for the fullness of time, kairos. Jesus is the alarm sounding, wake up and ask what you're doing with him. Harvard professor Harvey Cox says this, there was a real historical time when there was no Christianity. And then suddenly, there it was. Without the baby born, without the cross, without people who respond in faith to God's plan, the world just tick-tocks along hopelessly. And God's plan was to fill time up and to make it something that we have responsibility for to fill up time. And then once time was full, to plop himself into it and overflow through people who respond to him. Your TikTok every day needs the alarm clock of heaven because you've either responded to Jesus or you haven't. There was a time in your life, in my life, when I was not a Christ follower, but now here I am. Kairos seeks you out and Kairos can become you. Our lives are mostly the everyday drudgery of the TikTok, but there are times when the alarm sounds. Have you had a few? My dad's stroke when I was 16 interrupted my family's TikTok. The planned boring days were undone by a blaring alarm, and it was my Kairos moment when I surrendered to Jesus. I said, I can't do it. I don't get it. I'm upset. I'm a sinner. I'm yours, and I can't explain it. I wasn't a disciple, and then I was. I've had other Kairos moments. Jen and I have had them together. Infertility as a couple awakened us to the joy of adoption. Job losses, those are wake-up calls. A deer hopped through a frozen Alberta field even on me one time and became a Kairos moment. An unexpected call from BC to leave Ontario and serve in ministry here. What are yours? What are your moments? Our wired society is in the midst of hearing alarms. The Me Too. This week, an NHL coach lost his job. And people are talking how that's the tipping point for a new culture shift 
in how coaching happens. Everything seems tickety-boo, and then boom, suddenly. Kairos moments often arrive entirely unexpected. Have you noticed that? <laughs> Have you noticed how unexpected they are? Like I'm little James Phipps skipping along and suddenly I get pulled into another story altogether. My ordinary is the only place Kairos can happen. My Kairos moments came when I was not seeking them. Have you ever experienced that? I'm learning, in fact, that if I seek the grand moment, do you know what I do? I create cheap facsimiles. Or I chase them. Because you can't make Kairos happen. He just shows up. And you discover who you are, and you discover who you're not. Kairos is sometimes unwelcome, sometimes disorienting, but always God's good news, even if at first it startles you and makes you mad. God patiently builds towards these things in our lives, you know. God patiently builds towards Kairos in our churches, in our families, in our cities, in our nations, patiently and persistently loving, filling up time. Kronos fills up and then God drops in his Kairos. You've had a few of these, haven't you? Now, Kairos moments, as I've come to understand, they, they kind of understood in two ways. One is through what I'll say called revelation, which is a theological word, but basically it's saying that heaven gives you a heads up that something's coming. <laughs> through the prophet Isaiah, the Lord reveals how he functions. Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 and 19. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Don't you perceive it? God gives warning. An advent exists because God had for centuries pointed toward a big moment coming for all. God gives warning. It is his prophetic presence. But you must have ears to hear and eyes to see, which is the human dilemma, isn't it? The rhythmed everyday life. See, this is where this becomes so important. The rhythmed everyday life, the way you use time is so important. If you're not daily deeper in prayer and scripture and faith and being known in and on mission with a community of Christ-centered community uh, people, you will not always catch the kairos. Because these everyday weekly TikTok rhythms keep us alert to the ways that God is revealing his will to us. And it's no wonder some of us get shocked and surprised by Kairos moments and even miss them because we've not been practicing a daily rhythmed life that makes us ready for them. And then we respond out of our flesh, out of our brokenness, out of our pain, instead out of hope and expectation. So the first way to understand Kairos is through the revelation. God gives you a heads up. The second is actually through hindsight, because sometimes you don't realize you've been Kairos till you see it in the rearview mirror. Again, doing faithfully in the drudgery of every day is so critical in this case. For Kairos moments don't make the person, but the person is revealed when the alarm rings. 
In hindsight, these time-bending moments are when history is made. We talk about, you know, what, what gets put in a history book? Moments that history was made. What does that even mean? It means something happened and broke in and somebody was ready. Cory ten, Bo ten Boom's family in Harlem, Holland, famously hid Jews from the Nazis in World War II. But did they say, oh, here's the Kairos moment we've been waiting for? No. They just did the way of Jesus in their drudgery, in their chronos. Ironically, they were a watchmaking family. And the fruit showed up when the testing time of Blitzkrieg came. Only in hindsight was the Kairos moment that became blaring good news to a world in conflict evident. Do you see the Kairos in your rearview mirror? When we awake to this, you see, we are set free from time-bound thinking and we're released into a mind shaped by eternity. To be little Christ, to be Christian, is to live with kairos, not just as that which captured you, but which actually becomes your call. A disciple, is a, of, a disciple of Jesus is a time-rooted soul indwelt by timelessness. Think about that. We are kairos, the good news of Jesus Christ. And many around us are looking to escape the tick-tock of another high and another by. And you, you, led by the Spirit of God, may be their alarm clock. And God's invitation is to live in Kronos from another kind of time where God reigns. And so when you receive the Kairos, when you receive Jesus Christ, you become Kairos in the everyday. Do you get it? We all live with those who are strangely tied to time, yet we who know Jesus are actually free from it. We are not afraid of the TikTok or dismissive of its drudgery. We know the one from outside, who outside from time has a plan. And we get to steward the eternal into the time that we are gifted you are kairos and you become kairos. You experience the drudgery of every day, but you have an eternal perspective. You experience the impact of a sinful world, but you have an eternal hope. You will die, but you have eternal life. This is not inspiring, isn't it? But what does this all mean? The Bible calls us to live the kairos life in three very simple ways. Kairos, first of all, simply does good. Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Guess what the word opportunity is there in the Greek? Kairos. In the TikTok every day, be the alarm of goodness. This isn't exclusivism. Only as we are the alarm of God's king goodness to one another and in the fellowship can we ever be a consistent sound of God's goodness in the world. Never tire of kairosing one another with good. How are you doing that? Never tire of it. Second, 
From Ephesians chapter 5, Kairos disarms evil. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Guess what opportunity is here? Kairos. The alarm clock life, you see, is not deaf or blind to the fact that evil all too often has its way when humanity slumbers. Some people live every day as a fight with evil. This is not God's will. The children of God make the most of the kairos. We know the good news of another way has come. We live wisely, not blindly. We live courageously, not cowardly. We pray, we speak, we strive to free the days from their evil, demonic overlords as people of another way. Hmm? Third, Kairos respects people. Colossians chapter 4. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every Kairos. <laughs> Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. As good news, gospeling people, we make the most of times with those who don't know Jesus or the hope of eternity. We read that word outsiders as an exclusive term, but we have to read it through first century lens. If you were on the inside of God's kingdom in, in the church in the first century, the outsiders were not people that you were excluding. They were the people who were actually persecuting you. They were people who were against you. But notice, Kairos people don't become preachy and obnoxious. We become an unexpected alarm of grace, seasoned wisdom and insight and respect. The world is full of gracelessness. Kairos is the opportunity to awaken even those who don't love us to another world where love beckons. This is why I believe God so unexpectedly came as a baby into the very TikTok everyday chronology of history. His love and his vulnerability are shockingly upside down. <laughs> God is holy, just, and worthy, and yet covertly, subtly, the creator upends our preconceived notions about who God is. He's the big guy up there. He's mean and vindictive, some people might say, but he comes as a baby. He washes stinky fishermen's feet and commands, love as I have loved you. He goes to the cross and he says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. We kairos, we blare the alarm clock of God in the world with humility, respecting those who don't love God and may not even love us. Which brings us to communion this most ordinary celebration. <laughs> read with me from Romans chapter 5, verses 6 to 8. Let's read it together. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
guess what just the right time is in that verse? Kairos. Just when history needed him, Christ died. Just when you and I needed him, Christ died for us. The lunch bell is ringing. Come to the table. We're going to come together and receive bread and cup, this very simple, ordinary, everyday symbol, this sign that God has broken into history. He came into history for you, for me, at just the right time. And maybe it's the story of your life. Maybe you go, why did he take so long? Why did you take so long to wake up? You can't control that. But in this moment, maybe this, for somebody here in this room, this is the Kairos moment. This is the moment where the penny drops and you go, oh, it's for me. If that's you, if this is the first day for you to receive Christ as your Savior, come to the table. And then definitely let us know so we can celebrate with you and bring you into the family. Perhaps you've just been walking this life, everyday TikTok, and this is just another ritual. You've been kairosed at just the right time. He died for you. And at just the right time, this good news that has always been became good news to you. Would you stand with me as we prepare our hearts? The team's going to lead us in a song, of course, and when you're ready, please come to the table. There's three stations here, some up there as well. We'll come down the right and circle to the left, grab some bread, grab a cup, return to your seat so we can all eat together when that time comes. Would you still your heart? Let's pray. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus, that you were obedient to the Father. Thank you that at just the right time, you came. Thank you at just the right time, in the fullness of time. Our lives were transformed and changed. The power of sin in the grave defeated and conquered, and we were set free. Lord, we receive what you've done for us with gratitude, with humility. We're thankful that you place us within a family of faith, that we don't walk this journey alone. Thank you for your Kairos interruptions in our lives and help us, oh God, by the power of your spirit to be a Kairos people for this world. We worship you in Jesus' name. Come to the table.
Thanksgiving. And let's drink together gratitude and thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. 